Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profiteth me nothing. Interim Pastor Molly's Aunt Dixie was not happy in Oregon. These people don't speak to you on the street. They don't wave to you from their cars. They don't even tip their hats at you when you pass them by, she hollered over the phone. Molly knew that Aunt Dixie was talking about the Southern custom of directing a friendly greeting at everyone, including people who were technically strangers. Apparently, you need to be introduced before you even get a nod, she yelled. I can hear you just fine, yelled Molly, and then realized she was yelling too. Now listen, honey, there's something I want you to do for me, said Aunt Dixie, modulating her tone from a roar to a shout. I need you to get me some of that community coffee I love so much. These folks up here are so dang proud of their coffee, but what they give you is a pile of whipped cream sitting on some milk with a little wheat at the bottom, which they call a, a lottery, and baby, it ain't nothing like winning the lottery, I can tell you that. Molly tried not to laugh out loud. She well remembered Aunt Dixie's cafe au lait, which was strong enough to make a grown man plow till lunch without stopping, and was never given to children. To her long shopping list, she added coffee, with no need to note that it was community coffee that was wanted, for as far as she was concerned, that was the only kind of coffee there was. Molly's great-grandfather had worked for Cap Sirage when he started his family business in Baton Rouge after the Great War, and the distinctive aroma 
of this Louisiana brew had filled her family home for generations. There was no doubt in her mind that Aunt Dixie's longing for a cup of community coffee was a true emergency. What is the intangible essence of a taste or a smell or a person that floods the heart with love? Molly thought about this as she walked toward the doodlebug market with her basket. As she always did, she cut through the backyard of her friend, Tweedy Laveau, whose beauty shop was a wooden chair sitting under a spreading pecan tree. Hey, Miss Molly, Tweety sang out, without lifting her eyes from the head of her young customer. This here sent a tall son, Levante, and he is getting ready for the middle school dance tonight. Molly saw that half of Levante's head was already woven into intricate braids that ended in gold and silver beads. You must be the most popular braider in this parish, said Molly with admiration. I don't believe that chair ever sits empty. Well, I am good, said Tweety, who was nothing if not proud. But you know, I believe the main reason that folks love my dues is that I do all my work out here. Their hair is full of the breeze and the bird songs and the honeysuckle when they leave, and they take that with them. Sometimes we have to sit on my screen porch because of the heat or the bugs, but it's never quite as sweet as it is out here. As Molly's senses suddenly turned to the breeze in the bird songs, in the honeysuckle, a wave of joy washed over her. You'll have to do me sometime, Tweety, she said shyly, knowing she didn't have half enough hair to sit in that chair. <laughs> a week later, Molly was awakened from a deep sleep by the ringing of her phone. Thank goodness, yelled Aunt. Dixie, who expected her to pick up on the first ring. What's the matter, child? You sound like you just got up from a nap. It's late here, Aunt Dixie, Molly said sleepily. sleepily. You know, it's a different time here than it is in Oregon. Well, as a matter of fact, I am having a hard time in Oregon, Aunt Dixie replied. There was something wrong with that community coffee you sent me. It ain't right somehow. It has that little bite I like, but there is something else altogether that's missing. Are you using your favorite cup? Asked Molly helpfully, but before Aunt Dixie could answer, she cried, I know what it is. It's the chicory that's missing. Don't worry, Aunt Dixie, I will send you the chicory kind too sweet. Was there a process that turned could turn a bitter person sweet, as roasting does to chicory root? And how do a person's tastes 
weave back into the long tale of human history as Aunt Dixie's love of chicory traced back to ancient Egyptians, Napoleonic Frenchmen, and Civil War survivors who had all put it to use for their own reasons. As she walked to the market carrying her basket, Molly pondered these questions and almost ran smack right dab into Mrs. Dr. Purdy, who was also preoccupied and was not looking where she was going. Whoa. Both women burst out laughing at their near miss. Mrs. Doctor, as she was called, was terribly proud of her husband, who she always called Doctor, to the point that most people had no idea that he had a first name. And how is Doctor, asked Molly, knowing that Mrs. Doctor would want to be asked. Doctor is so busy that I worry for his health. You know, there is a new young doctor in town who is very good-looking and who has much fancier equipment in his office, but nobody wants to go to him. They would rather wait a week and go to doctor instead. That surprises me not at all, said Molly appreciatively. My niece works for the new doctor, said Mrs. Doctor, and she won't even go to him. <laughs> he never touches anybody, she says. He looks at his computer the whole time. <laughs> Molly's face was transformed by comprehension. Of course, Dr. Purdy was someone who took your hand as soon as you met him. Doctor had beautiful, still eyes that rested fully on your face when you were talking. To people in need, doctor's hands and eyes were more important than all the new equipment in the world. No, it's not the chicory, hollered Aunt Dixie down the line. Molly held the phone away from her ear. And I'm at my wit's end. Am I going to have to come down there and talk to the Siraj family myself? I don't know what we're doing wrong, said Molly. I will go over to the rest home tomorrow and ask Mother Nunsuch. If she doesn't know, nobody does. The next day, Molly walked distractedly over to Chatterley's rest home, waving to Edivario Guzman, who was contentedly riding his John Deere lawnmower over the vast grounds. Once inside, she made a beeline for the craft room where she found Mother Nunsuch, working on some nine-patch squares with two of her friends. As Molly's sad story tumbled out, the old ladies dropped their work in their laps and laughed. You mean Dixie hadn't figured that one out yet? Asked Mother. Well, she never was the first one out of bed in the morning. <laughs> this is a hard question with an easy answer, honey, because it ain't nothing but the water. The water? Asked Molly. You see, this little part of paradise here sits on an aquifer that has its own personality. There is no water in the world that is going to taste the same 
at this water right here. So there is no coffee in the world that's going to taste like a cup you made right here. Tell Dixie, if she wants coffee that tastes like home, she is just going to have to come home. <laughs> Molly's face lit up with gratitude. And by the way, said Mother Nutsuch, our quilting just hadn't been the same since Dixie moved back to Mamu in 92. Tell her we're keeping her chair warm and she's about overdue. Back at her little cottage, Molly found Aunt Dixie sitting on her front porch <laughs> with a cup of community coffee in her hand in a suitcase by her side. Accept no substitutes, she hollered blissfully. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Does that coffee taste right to you now, Aunt Dixie? Asked Molly. It does, she replied with a great sigh of contentment. But I think I also needed to see your little face while I drank it for it to be just right. Well, when you finish that, Aunt Dixie, you need to get over to the rest home, said Molly after many hugs and kisses because Mother Nunsuch is making those nine-patch squares all wrong. <laughs> How is God's presence in your life like the water in Aunt Dixie's coffee? Have you ever felt like sounding brass or a clanging cymbal, as if your life were a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing? How does love give meaning and purpose to your journey?